Hi, I'm Patrick Pond, CEO and founder of Fabro, and this is the Learn From Leaders podcast. The background to this show is that Fabro customers are some of the most innovative companies in the world. Enterprises wanting to be more agile, software as a service companies scaling fast, and game developers and publishers wanting to master live ops. So we get to know some truly inspiring leaders in product development, marketing, operations, sales, executive management. And what we do here is that we interview them about leadership so we can all learn from them. Let's go. And we are live with um, my friend Ante. Uh, so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure. I mean, last time I saw you was um, at the DICE conference, but I think you were at GDC as well, right? Uh, we were in GDC. Actually, I, I wasn't. We had a three-person delegation there, and, and it was it was uh, a very much a success for us, and, and we came back with a lot of learnings, and uh, I think a new direction, even from the company, I, I, I think we're finally getting out of the exploration mode and, and getting into execution mode, so... So product market shit, uh, here we go. And, you know, and I think that's a great kind of intro to what we're going to talk about today because, you know, you're one of the game studios in the world that are truly in the, in the front line, you know, in the trenches of, of, of uh, some of the more exploratory stuff, you know, uh, you know, uh, cloud native gaming, um, there's a few companies out there, uh, you know, made from industries, you know, you're there. Uh, there's some exciting stuff happening, and we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, and, and we talk more about you know what you're doing with Return, um, I, I, you know, I, I think for the ones who don't know you, we, we need to, we need to just know a little bit about your background. So, you know, what, what's like the whole you know past leading up to you know you being involved with this super exciting new uh, you know game startup? Yeah, it's 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 been a, a long road of pioneering and and being in sort of like middle of a lot of platform shifts. Um, uh, I've been in the industry total for over a decade now, and and actually uh, starting out in a in a small startup called Supercell <laughs> way, way back in a day, and and actually when I when I started it it was actually a small startup that, that nobody had really ever ever heard of, and um, when I started we're actually doing Facebook games if 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 you believe it, so um, that was very very early days and and um, I was actually very glad to see a type of platform shift already already from those days to to see like hey end of an era for Facebook games and and the start of an era for for mobile and really the rocket ship uh, that it is today so so very happy to be uh, part of that history at least in a small way I was in the in the hate a team originally when I back back then and after i left I, I i spent a few years uh elsewhere in the industry still within gaming industry and and 2016 came and and um, vr was a really big hit you know hc vive came out and and uh, you know oculus was was giving all these big visions about vr and and um, really really saw that becoming uh, a thing and, and was really entranced by the, the like immersion that, that, that you got from there. And, and we founded a startup called Hipfire Games and, and ran that for three and a half years, 2017 to, to somewhere in 2020. And um, after that, it was, it was 
basically as 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 we closed down shop shop in there uh, one of our investors from from Sisu Game Ventures said that hey we're putting this this um you know cloud native studio together and and we're you know trying to find that team for it that would you like to to uh, join and that's that's really it so so I've been pretty much always working on platforms where there are really no standards yet and and uh, it's like working where, where those standards are just just forming and and being part of forming those so uh, same in early mobile same in VR and now now in cloud native so uh, very much uh, very much a pioneer <laughs> in that sense but, but you have to tell me more about that I mean what is it that makes you being drawn to the the most unknown, you know, you're like a parachute trooper, you know, you, you, you seem to like getting into being just like airdropped into, you know, where, you know, nothing is known and everything's going to be really hard. <laughs> you know, there's no playbook. I, I, I like that analogy. I, I, I think I might have to, to uh, uh, start using that. So uh, it's, it's a really good question because uh, it's, it's the reality I've always kind of known. Um, it hasn't even occurred that you can do things the easy way. It's it's been always um, the challenge of of defining something, you know, setting the standards, like cutting their way through the jungle and paving the road for for uh, everybody else, and and that's like really speaks to me in in, in some levels, being in that uncharted territory, and uh, yeah, I, I I think I just have a thick skull because there's a lot of uh, you know banging our head on the wall and and hoping that the wall cracks and 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 then when it does then then we're off to the races and and uh, defining a new new genre new platform new everything and and uh, hopefully being able to take, take advantage of that but it's it's a it's a lot of hard work and and solving problems that nobody has ever maybe solved before or or seen before so it's it's i think that's part of the charm like just solving problems that that nobody has has touched before i, I want to ask you um a very let's say entrepreneurial question and it's kind of like a two-part one so uh you know so you were you know you were early you know in this um you know amazing startup supercell that became an enormously successful company one of the one of the you know the, the true you know movers in the game industry uh so what did you learn there that you you know you, you took away and you are applying now to return and the same thing, you know, with this startup that you were also part of, you know, that did not take off, you know, and what did you learn there that you're also going to bring with you, you know, into return? That's a really good question. And I think those, those years uh, have been very formative, both, like both, both, both in the, like those, those ups and, and then the downs that you mentioned. And uh, definitely in Supercell, I learned the community of, of the workplace and, and you can do things differently. I think the idea of, of having these very free, flat teams uh, was very new to me at that time. And I, I was very junior also when I, when I joined, I actually joined by complete accident uh, as an intern, which is a story on its own, um, before getting hired for a, for a, for a while. Um, so, so it was very formative to see you can run a company a flat way and and when we found a return it was pretty obvious that this is this is the way i want to uh run the company and 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 uh, whether we've actually succeeded in being 
you know, totally flat or, or having this uh, like, uh, well, we never intended to copy this like cell structure from Supercell, but, uh, um, I think now that we've, we've grown a bit that, uh, what we can do with flat is, is, you know, decreasing every, every moment or, or maybe we're just bad at it. Um, and, and, uh, it's, it's transforming the company in a way, but also the examples that, that you get from those not successful ones, but are maybe even more formative and, and, uh, I've, I've been involved in, in a few projects back in the day where, where, you know, I, I worked on top of my day job in a, in a startup and we, we built a game and it, I, I think it took us like one and a half years to do that and, and burnt a lot of midnight oil, all doing that. And, and then, um, because of, of, you know, certain mishaps in, in the management and so forth that, the uh, the game never ended launching even, even if the, the, um, uh, you know, the beta version was ready. So, so that's like paint me in a way that, that, uh, if, if I ever found my own company in the future, then, um, you know, I want to pay special care into management, into, into reaching out to partners and, and, and we don't want to be and like left alone. We, we want to find partners. We want to find, find people who can also lift, lift us up, um, and, and not, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a very winding road of, of ups and downs along the road. And, um, especially when you, when you consider the industries that, that we've been in, I think, uh, certain part of exploration and trial and error and, and, and doing mistakes is like given in, in those fields. So I was, um, I was watching, um, I was, well, rewatching, um, some uh, Lord of the Rings stuff this weekend, you know, it was Easter, you know, I had a little bit of time. Um, so there was, I didn't, I didn't do like the whole marathon, but I was watching, you know, certain parts of the Hobbit and certain parts of Lord of the Rings that I thought were significant, you know, and, and, uh, you do obviously have the beard in common with Gandalf. Uh, but, but another thing that strikes me when I listen to you is that you, you, you know, even though you, you're not, you're not that old, you seem to have acquired a certain level of wisdom over the years, you know, um, you seem to have understood that certain things are hard and there's no like, you know, obvious answers. Um, but, but, you know, there's some direction, you know, I, and I, um, I mean, you know, full disclosure here to the audience. I mean, I am, you know, you're not only a favorite client, which is, you know, what, why you're here on the podcast, but you, I'm also one of the investors, you know, super early, you know, in, in, in the company. And one of the things that made me believe in you is that, is that, you know, you, you want to do something very new and very interesting, but you also have that, you know, you, you're not, you're not really starting from scratch. You actually have acquired some experiences over, over the years. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a level of seniority there, you know, and, and I like to, I like, I like to invest in people that have, um, that have some battle scars, you know? So, um, so yeah, you know, well, welcome to the show, Gandalf. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I, I really need to get a staff or something, uh, so, yeah, so yeah, I can, yeah, uh, you know. yeah. And, you know, and, and then, you know, it's going to be like, you know, when you have this like first great success or near death experience, 
you know, you, you, you'll be able to tell Gray and, you know, and then we're into the next chapter, we do another podcast. <laughs> Ex yeah, exactly. And, and, and yeah, I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be wearing the white robes and, and, uh, telling all the wisdom I've, I've learned along the way. So that would yeah. be great. But, uh, but let's use that as a segue then into, um, into what you're doing right now with, um, with return and more specifically, you know, you know, why is, why is, you know, um, cloud native gaming such an interesting, um, you know, frontier for you? Yeah, I think it's one of the, and I think frontier is a really good word. I, I, I think it's one of those, uh, frontiers of gaming that haven't yet been explored or, or have been started to be explored, but, but haven't like fully been formed. Um, and I think that, the it's maybe good to start with a definition of like what is cloud native gaming versus what is cloud gaming uh, because a lot of people know cloud gaming they maybe heard of stadia they maybe heard of you know amazon luna um you know th these kind of like services and basically those those are taking like old games made for pc console mobile uh, putting them in the cloud and and then streaming them and that is technically cloud gaming, but kind of like our philosophy there is that like, what can you do with this technology? Like if you break it down to the bare components, um, so like what, what, you know, early mobile was like, Hey, this is a really cool platform. What should we do with this? What can we do with it? How do people actually want to enjoy this platform? And, and we're so like trying to explore the same thing with the cloud and really play to it to the advantage and, and so like swim around the disadvantages and, and finding that like golden opportunity where it's, where it's best at. And, uh, we, we think it's really good at breaking down barriers. That's, that's one thing. So, so it's very, uh, easy to access. It's very democratic and, and, and you don't need a console. You don't need a, you know, expensive piece of hardware. You don't even need a controller, you know, the play, play cloud game and, and you just click a link that your friend sent to you and, and you click it and boom, like here's the, here's the experience on your uh, screen and, and that's all you need. And uh, it will like one analogy that I would also, also use to sort of like ground us in, in, you know, what, what cloud can be is, is Snapchat out of all things, if you, if you uh, think about Snapchat as the world's biggest AR app. But if you ask any of its users, like, what is AR? Like, what is augmented reality? I think most of them will say, like, that sounds very scary. Uh, whatever it is, I don't want to use it. Um, but the fact of the matter is that, uh, that that is what is making their everyday life better. And that's, that's why they are enjoying that experience. So... Um, they don't need to know it's AR to enjoy it. And, and I think I, I, I would really like to apply that same thing in the cloud. If, if your friend, you know, sends you a link and you, you click it and, and boom, here's the experience or, you know, you're uh, on your TV, on, on your, you know, streaming service where you're watching your series and movies and, and, and suddenly, you know, you just click a button or scan a QR code and boom, you're playing. You don't need to know your, your you know, playing in the cloud, uh, it's probably better if you don't know you're playing the cloud because yeah, then you'll be just enjoying the experience. So, so, um, our, our, you know, goal is to actually take the tech, the techiness out of being 
you know, playing in the cloud uh, and, and sort of like just make it possible to, to play as easy as possible. How far can we take it today? I mean, can we take it to like, you know, double experience, triple experience? I mean, what are we able to do today? Yeah, definitely. You, what are you able to do today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So, so we really aim for, um, if triple A is, is maybe not the right word, very high quality. So, so as, as triple A as we can. Um, so, so we are trying to really find the fit of, um, what kind of games are really good for cloud and, uh, definitely visuals is, is one strong part. So we can, we can run pretty amazing visuals. We can run simulations. We can run, um, you know, physics, uh, all, all kinds of, uh, things that are not readily available on all, all devices. So that's definitely one, one big plus for us. And another thing is really nailing down the how do we play the, the game concepts, the genres, because one of the problems with cloud gaming traditionally has been latency. Like how do you optimize for not so optimal internet setups? Uh, you're on the move, uh, you have like a Wi-Fi extender, whatever, like you, you, like how do you make games that don't suffer from that. And I think that's where a lot of the current cloud gaming solutions have fallen a bit short because they've taken existing games, you know, they've taken Assassin's Creed or GDA or, or you know, Fortnite and they get, they put it put those in the cloud and, and like, hey, you can play this. And and you're starting to get a good experience with those as well. But it's, it's you know, not super, super, you know, flawless. And it's not what I would say like, um, 100% consumer grade yet to like that there, there is some some you know latency and, and stuttering still uh, even if it's going away slowly so so how do we make games that are made for that so so your experience doesn't suffer and and down the line I think all of these experiences will be possible so you will be able to play your phone now you will be able to play your, your GTA flawlessly over a cloud, but we're not there yet. But what can we do do today? Like you said, what what can we do today to make those games that we can already start playing and you can you can boot it up on your TV and it doesn't need to, you know, uh, suffer from from any of those flaws. So that's really what we're solving, both on the technology wise and and then game design wise. Like, uh, where do we find the the happy medium between those two? All right, super and. I mean, you kind of hinted at it now, but you know, so you know, you're both. Do you see yourself as both like a um, a technology company um, and also, you know, a studio making some cool experiences, or you know, how do you, you know, where are you going with the company? Yeah, I I think uh, especially these these few few um, past months have been very formative for us, and 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 we've been really looking down on the angle. Of, of where we're going. So to put some context to this, we spent the last three years, the company was founded in 2019. So we spent the last three years in a very much exploration mode, really trying to find that fit. And I think we have find, found that fit now. So, so we're very much um, looking to bring cloud gaming on the big screen. So TVs, uh, whether that's, you know, video on demand streaming or, or TV manufacturers, I think that's the like first point of of 
contact and the first step that we want to take. So um, really focusing on that right now. So creating this technology and, and we're sort of like leaning now more towards making a platform uh, and uh, really, really making sure that this platform is then consumer grade, that we can actually give this mass market approach. Because like I said, if you take today's cloud gaming, I don't think it's mass market yet. Like it's 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 not quite there. It's it's getting there, but it's not quite there. So how do we make something that is mass market and uh, take it to every every big screen? And so that's that's very much. Are you still, are you still making games? Yes, yes, we are. So so. I think this is one of those. So you're basically doing what uh, you know Epic uh, has been doing for a long time. It's like it's a technology company, but they're also making cr- uh, you know amazing games. Yeah, and and Valve and and other great studios as well. So so um, we are sort of like dancing that line between technology and the, and the games because we sort of like need the technology to build the games, and we need the games to build the technology because we need to have you know an example case there. So so we're m- very much still exploring on the on the game side and building now the the games as well uh so so what we're we're uh hoping to do in the future as well is is to productize those into into tools that we can then give to you know other studios down the line as well i think we're still a few few years from that uh but uh that would be excellent if if we can sort of like start democratizing this this field as well and Really going back to to what I said in the beginning is so like paving the road for other people, because a lot of people might be wondering like, hey, if if cloud gaming is the you know the next holy grail, like why is no, you know, like why are no no more studios you know doing this? And I and I think it does comes down to it being just very very hard, and you need to have the technology and and you need to actually build it. Um, yourself to be able to do it then you need to have the games and and not a lot of um studios have that and and we've been fortunate enough to have have backing from some uh very very uh, great funding very great people including you uh so so i think that's that's allowed us to get this advantage of of having these both both the technology and the games um so we're trying to pave the road and down the line we're going to pass pass the torch uh, to some other studios who can maybe make those next next Fortnites and and the next you know cloud native um, hits, and and uh, then maybe focus more on the platform. So um um I, I have I have a bit of burning question for you, but before that you know cliffhanger here, um I, I just need to ask you about the elephant in the room, which is Stadia, right? Uh, so just just a short version. I mean you know like what's your take on what happened there and. Uh, you know why this is relevant or not relevant you know to the stuff that you are doing and and you know mainframe are doing and you know some other guys exactly i i i think it is a really really good uh, discussion to be had and and it sort of like goes back to my cloud gaming versus cloud native gaming um and and we actually wrote a blog post about about the death of stadia um a few months back and basically it, it's for stadia it boils down to one the business model to the market that they were trying to reach and then three maybe that the timing wasn't wasn't quite there but I, I i think what they tried to do and 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 
was very commendable and i think they they succeeded on the technology front i think that technology is is excellent or was excellent i think it's now being being driven down as well but but uh, i think they succeeded on that front uh, very well i think where it sort of like fell short was they they went for a very um very hardcore gamer audience like hey this is a new cool piece of technology who are the the always the early adopters of of technology okay it's going to be you know technology enthusiasts it's going to be gamers i'm sure they're going to be you know all all excited about this and and you launch it and and then what you find is you're kind of talking to an audience that already has playstation 5s and already has you know two thousand dollar gaming computers and they're not really willing to 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 give that up and and they have a better experience um, on their own and uh, you're asking them to pay for the games and you're asking them to pay for the subscription so like building all these these like walls uh, around you where we think that uh, cloud is really good at stripping down those walls so so giving giving the games to everybody and, and, and letting everybody play so i think the philosophy was a was a bit different, and I and I think they went with a lot of sort of like these hardcore titles, Metro and and Assassin's Creed and 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 so forth. Which it sounds like you're going with more of let's say a democratization approach. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going for the everyday consumer, and and that's like why we're targeting the TVs, and that's that's why we chose TVs because that's where you know the everyday consumers of entertainment are. It's it's they they're not on the uh, you know PlayStation fives, and they're not on the the gaming pieces but they're actually you know in the living rooms and i think that's where the revolution to to give this like high quality experiences to to normal people starts and we've we've seen this already in mobile for a number of years you know more and more people playing casual games getting into gaming now it's the time to, to like take that step into into a bit more higher quality deeper deeper experiences through the tv screen so that's that's kind of like our our approach there so now i have to go back to that question that's been burning here um so you know and i i'm just gonna give a like a super short context of why i'm asking the question because you know obviously um, you know we are in the space of you know making organizations you know more and more you know agile in how they operate and if you think about like you know agile methods like you know, kanban scrum you know whatever you know they all came from the need of handling uncertainty Versus, you know, more you know, traditional approaches are good at handling when everything's certain. And since you are on a scale pretty far out on the whole uncertainty, you know, um, I'm, I'm super curious to ask you about how, you know, you know, how does that affect your organization? I mean, you know, as CEO, you know, what are the things you need to think specifically about to to you know set up a team? Um, that's able to handle, you know, that massive level of uncertainty because you're constantly in like an uncertainty land. Exactly. It's it's. Uh, I, I don't, you know, remember a day in in the last six or so years that um, that I've been a entrepreneur that there has been a certain uh, certain day and and uh, comfort zone, or or I've been in a comfort zone. So, um, yeah, it's it all goes down to being very reactive and and very lean and um having that the uh, 
lightness of feet to change direction on on a, on a dime and i think that the part of the reason is that we keep keep a very or you you mentioned these like um tools agile tools they're very much in the heart heart of what we do um in, including favro we actually use it through the whole vertical from business to to all the way to to production um so that's that's something that really helps us to turn on a dime and it's it's been like i said in the beginning very exploratory phase uh we've started a lot of products we've killed a lot of products um done a lot of prototyping built our own technology when we realized that hey there is no technology here so so we needed to be very very reactive and so like build a build a team up to to face whatever those needs are so we have been very uh, generalist teams so we have really good guys on on you know multiple positions um uh, perhaps more tech focused than than a lot of traditional studios because we needed to have that uh, backbone of of the platform in in the in the end so very wide in the skills of what we can do and i think uh perhaps now like going forward since we now see a lot of traction in this like um tv space um, I think we might need to start forming the team team around that and and getting more into execution mode rather than exploration mode, which means like uh, changing the mindset a little bit. And and this is going to be, I think, a gradual change and changing the tools and like how we use these agile methods to know to like execute instead of export. So that's going to be an interesting change to see how the the company will will change and how the culture will change in the in the next few months. No, but that's interesting. I mean, one of the things that we found, you know, when we are interacting with, you know, really cool teams around the world is that um, often, you know, it's pretty clear for them to see, you know, how can they use, you know, favoring like production mode, because that's typically when they have been used to using tools. But we're quite proud that we have teams like, you know, yours, that, you know, see the benefit, you know, also earlier, you know, um, in a much more exploratory phase where, historically teams have been very much kind of like pen and paper and whiteboard and that's it but today you know you know not all teams but many teams are you know more or less distributed and and uh, you know more things happen online um so it's an interesting space to be in um and i do have a final question that kind of also binds us together um because we're both nordic um so um and anyway and, and you know at gdc this year in san francisco there was there was one session that was around like you know why Nordic is like super interesting for game development and and you know why you might consider investing there, um, but since we are you know coming out of that and we've been around for a while, so we've seen you know many successes over the years. I would like to ask you, uh, is there something that we kind of do right uh, in the Nordics uh, that others could learn from that might not be from the Nordics? Something easily exportable, so to say. And you know you you don't have to say favor. <laughs> we already know that. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very easily exportable. So so so, um, I think definitely the mindset. I think is a really good question. So so I think the mindset of like sharing and and we're all in the same boat, which I do believe that is is generally now being more and more shared, you know, throughout the world as well. But uh, uh, really like lifting each other up, um, because the, especially coming from from you know countries like Finland and Sweden. Um, like success of one company is just kind of like uh, success of, of all the companies and 
having this culture of openness and you're not shying away from difficult topics and you're not shying away from uh, discussing challenges uh, even with your peers and 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 so like competitors even many times so i think that the openness is 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 one of the building blocks there definitely and i think that that uh, certain kind of stubbornness as well of of uh <laughs> um, seeing a challenge and then, well, then... That, hey, that's see through, right? Yes, that's, you have an expression for it in Finland. I, I think, I think that's maybe not Nordic. That's Finnish. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, yeah, it's 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 the having the thick skull to to, to go through that stone um, in your past. So, so yeah, but you, you're good at it, and we 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 truly respect it. And I don't know. I mean, maybe if I would ask my colleagues from other countries, I'm in Lithuania right now. If I would ask them, maybe they would also say that I'm stubborn. I don't know. Uh, so may, may, maybe it's a Nordic thing. Maybe it's not just to finish. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, super cool. Um, it was awesome to to have you on the show. Um, you know, you have a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, we're gonna see each other, you know, soon again, and uh, you know, hopefully in the future we can do a redo on this podcast and uh, have a bit of an update on what's you know latest in you know on the whole frontier of uh, of cloud native and. Uh, I think at that time, you know, there's going to be a lot more also released so we can see more results and not only from you, but also from some other, you know, strong names in, in, in cloud native, like, like, you know, for example, you know, mainframe, but, but there are also others. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, it's a very much, uh, industry in, in formation and, and, uh, there are no, so like certain winners yet. Um, and that's why it's also very exciting because it's, it is, uh, like, a, a race and, 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 um, uh, you can really, really do some big things in 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 this space. So that's that's why it's also very interesting. So we will definitely see see uh, in the future how this forms up and 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 what kind of standards and new innovations we have cooked up um, in the meanwhile and and uh, how how cloud gaming really uh, like takes hold of the of the public, uh, whether they know it or not. Ah, uh, super. Thank you so much and uh, thanks everyone for listening and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, you know what to do. Share it in your social media so more people can take part and learn. And one more thing, check out Favro Academy on favro.com for many more learnings. Thanks for tuning in.